Good day, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today as we walk through the Bible together. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today's lesson is a continuation of 1 Samuel. If you remember in the Hebrew Bible, the two books, 1 and 2 Samuel, are combined as one. But because of the length, the English Christian Bible separated them into two separate books. This is then the fifth book of history in the Christian Old Testament Bible. The key word is David, because now that Saul and Jonathan are dead at the end of First Samuel, David is rising to become the king. So the first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch or the books of Moses or the law or the Torah. Now, with our books of history, Joshua took over after Moses, which was the first book of the book of history. The key word for Joshua is conquest, because they took the land that God had promised the patriarchs of Israel. Then, after the land was basically taken, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and God raised up judges. The key word for judges is cycle because it followed the cycle of Israel sinned, Israel got into bondage, Israel cried out, God raised up a judge who delivered them, and the land had peace until the judge died. And then that cycle started all over again. We then have Ruth, which gives us a glimmer of hope because we see that a remnant of people were faithfully following God, even though it was the time of Judges. The key word for that book is kinsman redeemer because Boaz bought back Ruth and Naomi and brought them into his home. In 1 Samuel, we see God raised up the prophet Samuel, and then the people cried out for a king. So the key word in 1 Samuel is Saul, because the first king of Israel is Saul. Well, now Saul is dead, and 2 Samuel focuses on the life of King David, which is king number two. Before we go any farther, let's sing my old childhood Bible song once again as we are learning the books of the Bible by memory. Mm, let us sing the books of history, of history, of history. Let us sing the books of history which tell of the Jews. First Joshua, second Judges, then the story of Ruth, then first and second Samuel, and first and second Kings, then first and second Chronicles, which give us the record, then Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther the Queen. Well, the times of Second Samuel, which is the reign of King David, are around 1010 to 970 B.C., since Samuel is dead, and we do not know for certain who wrote the book, and the book itself does not say, but it is possible that it was either Nathan the prophet or Gad the seer, which is found in First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 29 through 30. The story begins with David at Ziklag, which was a city that was given to him by the Philistines. 
a messenger came to David, bowed down to him. His clothes were ripped and dust was on his head. And he said he had come out of the camp of Israel and that the people fled the battle. Many people had died and Saul and Jonathan are both dead. David asked him, how do you know he's dead? The young man answered that he had happened upon Saul, and after he had fallen on his sword, he still had not died, so I killed him at Saul's request. I then took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm, and I have brought them to you, my lord. David and his men mourned and wept and fasted for Saul and for Jonathan and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel. Then, because this young man claimed to have killed Saul, David had one of his men kill him because he had killed the Lord's anointed. Just a side note, some commentators say that the young man made up the story about killing Saul and that in 1 Samuel it said that Saul died when he killed himself by falling on his sword. I personally can see it that it happened either way. It could have been that Saul killed himself on his sword or that he was not completely dead when the man came across him. Then the rest of chapter 1 is a song of lament that David wrote over Saul and Jonathan. This song was written in the book of Jasher. The book of Jasher is also mentioned in Joshua chapter 10 verse 13. It seems to be a book of military poetry or maybe some stories are included, but it is lost to us. When we study the Psalms, we will go into more detail about various kinds of Psalms, but the lament are songs of sorrow and the book of Psalms are full of them. One of the things we seem to be missing in today's age of Christianity is that we do not have many laments, many songs of mourning. This was especially noticeable after 9-11 and the nationwide grief, yet it was hard to find a song to sing in the sorrow. So we do not have many songs of mourning, but the Bible shows us it is good to have songs of lament, and the Bible is full of them. Chapter 1 starts with, Now it came to pass after the death of Saul. And then chapter 2 starts, And it came to pass after this, David inquired of the Lord. Ladies, this is what made David great. He sought the Lord in his actions. David asked the Lord, should I go up to Judah? And God said, go. And he said, which city? And Hebron was the answer. So David and his two wives and his men went to Hebron. And there the men of Judah came and anointed David to be king of the house of Judah. At this time, David was only king of Judah, the southern tribe. He did send a blessing to the city of Jabesh-Gilead for taking Saul and Jonathan's body and for burying them. Abner, who was Saul's captain, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and made him king over all of Israel, meaning all of the northern tribes. The nation was divided, but David was king of Judah for seven years and six months. During this time, there was civil war in Israel. 
Abner was commander of Israel's army and Joab was commander of Judah's army. They were fighting each other and Abner's side lost. So Abner fled. Now Joab had two brothers that were also fighters, Abishai and Asahel. Asahel pursued Abner and Abner kept insisting that Asahel stop chasing him. Go after the gold that you see of the other warriors that have fallen down or stop following me or I'll have to kill you and then how can I look at your brother in his face? But Asahel would not turn to the left or to the right, but he kept pursuing, and Abner killed Asahel. That day, Joab and Abishai chased Abner, but the brothers of Benjamin had joined up with Abner, and they faced each other, and they decided that they should no longer kill the brethren, so each went to their own town. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, and David's side kept getting stronger and stronger, while Saul's side kept getting weaker and weaker. We then learn that David had more wives, and he had six sons from the different wives. Abner decided to take some of Saul's concubines without the king's permission. This was a way of Abner trying to make himself more than what he was. King Ishbosheth tried to correct him, and Abner said, Fine, I will now make a pact with King David and help bring all of Israel under David's kingdom. David liked that idea, but he wanted his first wife, Michal, brought to him. They did, and Abner talked with the ten tribes of the northern kingdom, and especially talked with Benjamin, since it was from Saul's tribe. He got them to agree to have David a king, and David sent Abner away in peace after they had met. Now David was not yet king, but it was all in the works ready to go. Now Joab was out to war while they met. So when he got back, he confronted King David and said, Don't you know that Abner came to spy on us? So Joab resent for Abner, which King David did not know about. And when he came back, Joab met with him and killed him for killing his brother. King David did not know anything about Joab's plan, and he made it clear to all of Israel that he was guiltless of Abner's blood, and he... And all of Israel mourned for Abner. When Ishbosheth, the king of Israel, heard that Abner was dead, he was afraid for his life because it was Abner that kept him safe. And this was for good reason because he was assassinated in his own home on his own bed, and the men who did it brought his head to King David, and David in turn had these wicked men killed for not honoring their king. And David had Ishbosheth buried with Abner in Hebron. So, what are some takeaways from these chapters of 2 Samuel? Number one, sometimes the fulfillment of God's promise is a process, and sometimes it takes years to fulfill it. Be patient. Don't give up hope. He is in the process of making you into who you need to be for that next step in life. Number two, honor people in authority. God has placed them there. As people of God, we are not to be part of a revolt. 
we are to be praying for our leaders that God will move in their midst. Number three, there are times we need to lament and cry, and that is good and godly. Remember when Jesus went to Mary and Martha at the tomb of their brother Lazarus, one of the smallest verses in the Bible, Jesus wept. If Jesus wept, we too can weep and mourn. And sometimes there's really good reasons for it. And hey, if you're an artist, maybe write a song about it. Number four, whenever we seek direction in life, we need to inquire of the Lord like King David did. And this can be in every area of our lives, our relationships, our money matters, our work issues, in every area. Actually, in the New Testament, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul tells us, put on the full armor of God. And then verse 16 says, and basically after we're all set and we have the sword of the spirit and the word of the Lord and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always Always keep on praying for all the saints. This is chapter 6, verse 16 of Ephesians. Let me say that one more time. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The spiritual life is a battle of good and evil. This is why we need the Spirit of God to guide us and to equip us, and why we need to be women of prayer, to help encourage one another to stay strong in the faith. So today, ladies, what is God calling you to do? Don't harden your hearts. Let's be women who obey. Until next time, and may God bless.